0: Look on with someone next to you. If you need a copy of the Bible, we'll be glad to get you one, uh, but it'll be up on the screen for you. Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 13 is where we we'll begin. We'll uh, read down to the end of the chapter there. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Bible says, Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few... There be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them. Look at verse 24 again. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. By the way, I'm still astonished at his doctrine. Because when Jesus speaks, what truth? What truth? For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. If I will teach you this morning with authority, you'll only have to come if I teach you from the word of God. I'll just be honest. I don't have anything to offer you from life experience. I don't have anything to offer you from personal education that probably some of you have more life experience, more education, and maybe you'd have, we'd go back and forth. But the truth of the matter is, is truth... Comes from God All truth And truth comes from God's word He's given us his precious word So that we can know him And I want you just to look at the word of God with me And uh, we've been talking about two houses But I want you to see that there's only two today Only two Uh, You say what are you talking about Well really there's only two decisions Uh, You might have a lot of things in front of you On your plate today You may have got a lot of directions You could go in a lot of things But really when it comes to God There's only two There's only two I mean, uh, you look at all the world's religions, you could boil them down into two categories, really. Uh, You either have religious categories that tell you you have to do things in order to get to heaven, whether their heaven is called heaven, it might be called something else. But in order to get there, you've got to do something. And then there's another category, which is really what biblical Christianity is. It is the category of the fact that it's already been done for you. And that you have to put your faith into something that's done and you can't do anything. You can't do anything because it's already done. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. It's already been done for you. You don't have to do anything. You just have to accept what's already done. And really, there's only two categories. I mean, if you look at all the world's religions, there's only two. There's people that tell you you have to do something and then there's the Bible that tells you it's already been done. I want to look at that this morning if you would with me. Father, I pray you bless the word I pray you take by your spirit the word of God to live to the hearts of your people as only you can. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit that you promise you'd be present today, and I believe that you are. Thank you for the songs that have been sung. I pray they bring honor and glory to you. God, today I pray that you use the word of God to show us truth. God, I don't have something to offer aside from your truth today. And so I'm going to take what is in your word here and present it, and I pray that we would believe it. I pray that we would trust it. I pray that we would be wise, that we'd hear your word and then say, we're going to do what it says. We're not going to deceive ourselves by hearing the word and not doing it. Lord, I pray that you help us to be wise today and build our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ and the word of God, which is truth. I pray people be set free today because the truth is preached in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, maybe You see that. You know, we, we all face either-or decisions as we pass through life. It's the truth. Uh, there's times when we face a decision that's black or white, one which there's only two possible choices. You know, many shrink from those decisive moments uh, in their life, but we still face them. It's the same in the spiritual realm. I mean, when Jesus is speaking here, the Bible says they were astounded at his doctrine. As he spoke as one that had authority. You know, Jesus spoke with authority because He could. He had the authority. He had created all things. The Bible says in John 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of man. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The Bible tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. It's the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. You know that? And Jesus came so that we could know the Father. He revealed himself. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He came so that we could know God. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Uh, He said, hey, listen, we're the same. I'm one. I'm God. Uh, God spoke from heaven. He said, this is my beloved son whom i well pleased. He said, hear ye him. Listen to what he has to say. And as we look at this passage of Scripture, I want you to understand, Jesus is speaking, and when Jesus speaks, we ought to listen. You with me? When he speaks, we ought to pay attention to what he says. And in verse number 13, just look at that quickly with me. It says, Enter ye the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. You see, Jesus presents only two directions. That's it. Uh, you know, when you're traveling, how many, how many like to get lost? Anybody like to get lost? Even when that person tells you to get lost, you still don't like it, right? I don't like to get lost. And by the way, men, we are never lost, right? We're never lost. We're just on another shortcut that we hadn't figured out before, but now we know, right? So we're finding, always finding new shortcuts. It's amazing, and uh, she's always, stop and ask for directions. Now you don't have to do that. You can just ask Siri, right? That's all you had to do. Just that some of you still, you don't know what that is. All right, I'm sorry. I don't mean to uh, disorient you this morning. But, you know, some, sometimes uh, we think, boy, I, I'm going the right way. How many know, uh, you know, this, this road here is called Lakewood-Farmingdale Road. You know, it used to be called, Squon- I always get, people try to figure out where it is. It used to be called Squankum Road. It was 547. And uh, people say lakewood Farmdale Road. They always think it's Lakewood-Allenwood Road or Lakewood-Yellowbrook Road. And they got all these, you know, yellow- follow the Yellowbrook Road, right? You know, and uh, you're trying to tell people where stuff is. And they really, I mean, they got real smart, I guess, as they said, this side's Lakewood, this side's Farmingdale. Let's call it Lakewood Farmingdale Road, because this is a road. I thought it should be Lakewood Howell Farmingdale Road, because in the middle you hit Howell, right? And Howell's really most important of the two uh, locations. But, you know, when you think about uh, direction, you cannot get to the destination you're trying to go to unless you get going the right direction. And sometimes uh, we, we try to go, and we want to get to a place. We want to get there, but we set out going the wrong direction. We don't ever end up there. You know, spiritually speaking, that's what Jesus is really talking about. He's saying there's only two directions. Either you're going the right way or you're going the wrong way. And you can't be going the kind of right way. <laughs> you can't be in the middle of those two things. You're either headed the right direction or you're not headed the right direction. And uh, by the way, mom and dad, if you've got kids, you know, you know much of your life is telling your kids they're going the wrong direction, Right? <laughs> You know, you tell them to go do something, you say, where are you going? You ever ever say, find yourself saying that to your kids? You tell them to do something downstairs, they start going, where are you going? Where are you? And they're always saying, I'm going, I'm doing what you said, but you're not going the right way. How can you do what I'm saying? So most of the time, we're just really glorified crossing guards, right? Trying to tell people which way to go and directing traffic. And sometimes that's sometimes how we feel. But God's telling us, he's saying in his word, there's only two ways. Either you're going the right direction or you're going the wrong direction. So spiritually speaking, that's where you are today. You're either going the right direction or you're going in the wrong direction that's what the bible says you know since we're going to leave this world someday soon and when we do we'll continue to live either in heaven or in hell forever it's essential that we know where we'll end up so let's consider the two directions that jesus presents he says number one there's a broad way there's a broad way and he describes that broad way and the word broad means spacious jesus saying there's a spacious road here In other words, it's kind of like the road where everything goes. It's really what it means. It's the road where everything goes. You've got a lot of room to do what you want to do. Uh, You can do anything you want and still get to the destination where that road is headed. The truth of the matter is, is, really, you can live your life any way you want. You can do anything you want, believe anything you want, try anything you want, enjoy anything you want. Go about anything you want the way that you want, and you can do it, and you can be on that road and still get up where the, uh, end up where that road is heading. It's the truth. And a lot of people are living their life that way. It's, it's kind of like, I'm on the road to go where I want, to do what I want, to live how I want, but here's the truth. That road, Jesus is saying, is leading to destruction. So you can live how you want, do what you want, and go about everything the way that you want, but the, in the end, Jesus is saying the road that you're on, the direction you're headed is leading to destruction. And he said, get this. He said a lot of people are doing it. And here's the truth. You know that's the truth because you see it too, just like I do. Aren't a lot of people kind of living their life on the spacious road? Do what I want. Say what I want. Act like I want. Do, I mean, just live for me, for self, whatever I want to do. And by the way, let me say this. The world is not a better place because people are living their lives that way. It's not a better place. Uh, In a world, dog-eat-dog world, where people step on each other to get what they want, it's not a better world. It's not a better life. It's not a better community. And uh, by the way, when we teach people, do what you want, get what you want, go after what you want, and you'll be happy, we're teaching them something that's not true. Because you can't live your life that way and have true happiness can't live your life that way and have true joy. Jesus is telling these people, hey, listen, this direction that you're headed is a broad way, it's a spacious way, it's a anything-that-goes way, and a lot of people are going that way, but I want to tell you the end of that way is destruction. Then he says there's another way, and he says it's called the narrow way. You know, there's a sinister side to the broad way that I want, you to, mention, I want to mention just to you first. You know... Open-minded pleasure seekers fail to mention to those who travel this road that, you know, there's a couple of things you need to know before you decide the rest of your life you're going to travel that way. One, as much as they tell you in control, it's an illusion, you're not really in control. You're not really in control because you're not in control of where you're going. You're not in control of what the end of or the consequence of what you're doing, how you're living your life is. You're not in control, although sometimes people on that way really try to perceive that or try to show that to others. Hey, I'm in control of my life, but really the truth of the matter is their life is spinning and spiraling out of control. It's a destructive path. Listen, a road that leads to destruction is a pathway of destruction. The steps that go to destruction go down to destruction. Those steps also are destructive. They hurt. They hurt. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. You see, that path, he's setting the world on that path. He knows where they're going. And by the way, they're smiling as they go. But the truth of the matter is they're being duped into believing they're in control. And they're not. The other thing that they don't tell you is that sin brings sorrow and pain. It does. It really does. And by the way, you know, the sin in your life, eventually, it doesn't satisfy because you've got to go from one to the next to the next to the next. It doesn't satisfy. It really brings sorrow and pain. It hurts people. You know what I, as a pastor, really see a lot of? Hurting people. Hurting people. And uh, they say, hurt people, hurt people. Uh, When I'm hurting, a lot of times I'll hurt other people. And I, I run into a lot of that. I don't know about you, but... I get people because often people come to church or they want to talk to the pastor and counsel with him after they kind of already messed everything up and they've already kind of had the consequences of their sin work themselves out and then they want a a God bailout and they want to say, God, get me out of this thing. But really, you can't have that God bailout. It doesn't work that way. You've got to go the other way. You can't stay on the road to destruction and get a bailout from God. You've got to turn around and go the way that he told you to go in. And uh, by the way, he said there's another way. He said it's a narrow way. The broad way is wide. It's open. It's easy. Well, the other way is called narrow. The word refers to a great press. It has the idea of being constricted. It can carry the idea of being distressed and, and being difficult. The narrow way is the exact opposite of the broad way. By the way, let me say this. As the steps that go down to destruction are destructive, the steps that go to life and peace are also full of life and peace. They're not easy, but they're steps of life and peace. You know, it's, a, it's interesting to note that sometimes we know that's the truth, but we have such a hard time sell it, telling this, just like I do. No, I don't want to do that. And uh, we'll hurt ourselves, destroy ourselves. The devil knows that about you. If he get involved in sin... He doesn't have to kill you. You'll kill yourself. You'll hurt yourself and you'll hurt people around you. Uh, And that's what happens when we go in that way. There's only two directions. There's a narrow way. And let me say this. uh, The narrow way honors God. It brings His blessings and power into your life. It offers a a far better life from every perspective. It's a good way. So there's only two directions. And number two, there's only two destinations. Only two destinations. Destinations. Notice the directions that he's pointing in the broad way, the narrow way. He's saying they end up somewhere. Only two places, though. You know, sometimes in the world we try to find the happy medium between places. You know, I don't like hell. Well, I don't either. And I don't even like using the word. You say, oh, you're one of those preachers, hell, fire, and brimstone. You know, here it comes. Uh, But let me tell you the truth. Jesus spoke more of hell than he did of heaven. If you read your Bible, you'll find that to be true. Jesus warned of hell more than he spoke of heaven because there are more people he talked to on their way to hell. How do we know that he came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance? The people Jesus were talking to were on their way to that destination. And so he talked to them about, said, hey, you're going the wrong way. You're going to end up in a place you don't want to go. And by the way, you're going to end up in a place that God doesn't want you in. He didn't prepare the place for you. The Bible says the place was prepared for the devil and his angels. And also, also, he said, listen, God would that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He doesn't want you to end up there. God's a loving God. We end up in the, in the way, the direction we head, and we end up at that destination. All roads end somewhere, don't they? This road that we're on, Lakewood, Farmingdale, it ends in Lakewood on one end, it ends in Farmingdale on the other. I don't know which one you want to say is heaven, which one you want to say is hell. I don't know. I'm just kidding, all right? No. But, I, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes we, we have that attitude a little bit. We say, I, you know, I, I know which way I'm going in. I, I know how I'm headed up. But I can, I can bypass the destination. I can get to uh, point B by going the wrong direction. You can't get there. Everybody wants to get to heaven. But no one wants to talk about how to get there. Everybody wants to go there, but no one wants to talk about it. You ask somebody, are you going to, they don't want to have that conversation, but they want to go. Come on. Everybody wants to go, but nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's the truth. You try to have the conversation. I, well, what, what? You know, that's personal. I understand it's personal, but you know, we're family. So we'll get a little personal here. But also it's dealing in truth. And Jesus is saying, presenting to them the truth that there was only two destinations. There's a place called hell. That's what he's telling them. Jesus tells us that the broad road leads to destruction. You know, when we think of something being destroyed, we usually think about something being annihilated, forever done away with. The word refers to loss. It speaks of total and absolute ruin. It speaks of the loss a person can expect to suffer in the fires of hell. The Bible talks about hell. In Mark 9, it calls it unquenchable fire. It talks about having memory and remorse there and unsatisfied thirst frustration and anger, unspeakable pain and misery, eternal separation and an undiluted wrath from God. Hell is real. I could never adequately describe it to you. I could not. And I won't begin to try today, but I'll tell you this morning, it is real. It is a real place and people are there and people are going there. You know, everyone who walks the Broadway, even the religious people, even the folks who claim to know Jesus are going to hell, Everybody who's on the broad way. Jesus said in this passage, he said, many in that day will cry, Lord, Lord. Did we not prophesy in thy name? Did we not? And Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. In other words, even religious people, good people, go there. Why? Because it is not rooted in their goodness. It's rooted in what direction they're headed. It's rooted in which way they're on and what way they're going in there's only two ways and there's only two destinations. Not only is there a place called hell, but there's a place called heaven. And by the way, I'd much rather talk about that. Much rather talk about that. But I could not tell you that heaven was real if I told you hell was not. You can't have one without the other. You say, I wish everybody goes there. So does the Lord. And by the way, he made a way for everyone to go there. (laughs) He made a way so that everyone could know. Everyone could go. Just as the broad road has its destination, the narrow road does too. If hell's a place of horror and pain and separation and suffering, then heaven's a place of joy and rest and peace, unspeakable beauty and glory. Everything that hell isn't, heaven is. A brief description of the glories are, in the Bible, no tears, no pain, no sorrow, no death. You say, that place cannot be real. I hope it is, and I know it is from the word of God. No sin, no night, no curse with God and Jesus forever and ever, a glorious city. The Bible describes His glories beyond description, beyond the ability of man to comprehend and understand. It says, I hath not seen, neither ear heard, nor entered in the heart of man what God has in store for us, to those that are His children, to those that walk the way that leads to peace. You know, it's awesome. Awesome. I tell you, I'm glad I'm going there. I'm glad I know I'm going there. You say, how can you be so sure? Because I'm sure that he's taking me because he said he would. He always keeps his word. He always does. And I know which way I'm going. Not because I'm good, but because he's good. And and, uh, he saved me. Jesus Christ. Oh, look at this. All right, wonderful. He saved me. All right, I'm competing with a butterfly today. Wonderful. Some of you thought I just did that. I stretched my head out. (laughs) butterflies come out it's wonderful. we're not that good here all right uh, but there's a place called heaven it's a glorious place and not only do you see there's uh two uh directions and there's two destinations uh, but the bible tells us there's only two doors only two doors if you look at the passage of scripture he talks about two gates two doors a gate is an entrance into a place is it not and he's talking about a way in verse 13 and 14. He's talking about a destination. And he's also talking about a decision. In other words, he sets before us two decisions, two doors, two gates, two entryways. And he says, which door do you want? You remember that? Con- uh, what's behind door number one? What's behind door number... For the ones that didn't get the Siri joke, you guys got that one. The Siri folks don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Some of you are completely lost now. You're welcome. Uh, but, you know, sometimes... That's what happens. You know, we look at life and we see through our own perspective, our own understanding. The Bible says for us not to lean on our own understanding, but to trust in the Lord with all our heart. You know, sometimes uh, I think we try to leave this out. I'm not going to try to explain this to you without explaining one truth, and that is it takes faith to believe this. I could try to present to you a logical explanation for everything, but aside from all of that, it takes faith. It takes faith. You have to believe that this is true. Now, there's enough evidence and substance with faith to show us that this is substance and evidence of things not seen, but we still can't see them. I could tell you about heaven, but you can't see it. I could tell you about hell, but you can't see it. I could tell you about Jesus, but you can't see him. I could tell you about the fact that he died on the cross, but the truth of the matter is I wasn't there either. But a lot of people accept things they didn't see, you know, people accept things they believe, every, you know, everything on the news is true, right? Everything you read on the internet is absolutely 100% true. It's a reliable source, right? Everything on Facebook has to be true. And I like to like and share it all. But I tell you, you know, sometimes that's how we are. We'll accept from unreliable sources, truth in our life, and then we come to the church house and we hear the preacher open up the word of God that's thousands of years old, that's proven, stood the test of time, that's God's word, never contradicts itself, has always been true, has always been right, historically accurate, scientifically accurate, uh, you know, prophetically accurate, powerful and truthful, and then we question that. Why? Because sometimes we just choose not to believe, don't we? We choose another door. There's only two doors. He said, you can take this gate, the wide gate. But he said, you've got to take, if you take that gate, you take that door, you have to take what's behind it. You can't say no to this door and get what's behind it. You've got to take what's behind the door that you choose. And here's the truth. The choice is up to you. It is your choice. It is your life. You can choose how you want. You're here today, not because anyone made you, I hope, I hope nobody made you come in, I hope none of our, we've got some, uh, some, some strange, usher. I'm just kidding, all right, I, I hope they didn't grab you and pull you in, all right, but we're here today, by the way, we have lunch, there will be no Kool-Aid served, we don't have uh, weird smoke and curtains and there's nothing behind those, uh, we're not going to have weird incantations and we're not going to ask you to sign over your life to us. All I'm saying to you is, I want to present you with the truth that God wants to present to you. There's two doors, and it's your choice. There's a wide gate. You know, there's no real choice made in entering the wide gate. When a person is born in the world, they're born in sin. When they're born, they're already on the broad road. Even though the baby knows nothing of sin or the choice to follow sin as the child grows, there comes a time when he comes to understand the difference between right and wrong. At that time, the child begins to do evil, not only by nature, but also by choice. Eventually, in life, it becomes a choice, doesn't it? At first, we sin because it was our nature. But then it passes over until we actually start to choose it. The truth of the matter is, is in your life, no one taught you how to lie. No one taught you how to be dishonest. Nobody, it was your nature to do that, but somewhere along the way, you began to choose it, didn't you? And really, the choice to go through the wide gate is not really a choice to change, it's a choice to stay the same way. It's a choice to stay where you are at. You say, I don't want to change. I want my life the way that it is. I don't want to change my life, I don't want to, you heard a great testimony this morning, there's other testimonies of those that, uh, this year is a, our theme is a heart for God and I'm thankful last year uh, folks have come to Christ and given their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Just last week, folks uh, asked the Lord to save them and began a new life. What did they do? They chose another door, friend. They chose another direction. They chose another destination. They said, I don't want this. I want what God has. And if I want what God has, I've got to choose to go in the way that He's presented for me. Wide gate, it's just a choice to stay in the life you have and where that is going. Then there's a narrow gate. While well, the wide gate's easy to find, man is born staring right into it, the straight gate is more difficult to discern in it. It's harder to see. What I mean is this, when God calls a sinner to come to him for salvation, he's got to look away from the temptations. He's got to look away from those false promises of the Broadway. He's got to, if you would, stop walking in darkness and kind of see something that he never saw before. You know, maybe uh, somebody tried to talk about this to you through some religious, remember I talked about the world's religions. You know, somebody, some people, they just try, they put on another, they stay in the same way they are, but you know, you know they go to church. Church is not where life is lived. You don't live here. And just to let you know, I don't either. A lot of people think I do, but I don't. We don't live here. This is not where life is lived out. But it is a place where decision is made of what we're going to do when we leave here and how we're going to live our lives. See, you're being presented with a choice this morning not to stay here and live here. You can't live here. We can't live to do this. You can't do this every day. Although sometimes I wish we could. But we cannot do this all the time. This is not where life is being lived out. It's where choices are being presented. It's where truth is being taught, so that when you leave here, you can be different. So when you go back into the life, or in the place where you're living your life, your home, your job, those places, that life can be truly different. That you can know that you're going the right way. That you're headed to the right destination. That you've walked through the right door. And you can have peace with God, friend. Peace with God is not something you make at the end of your life. It's something you make now. You can have peace with God now. You can know him now. He wants to change you and make you better. Maybe you're like me. You think, well, it can't just get any better than this, right? (laughs) But in our heart of hearts, we know, boy, I wish I was better I wish I was a better husband. I wish I was a better father. I, I, I wish I was a better pastor. I, I, I wish I was a better person. Because I know I'm not good. But here's the truth. I can be better at all those things because of Jesus. And so can you. You can too. You can be better at what God is. You make a choice. It's an open gate. It offers everlasting life to all who come in. See, here's the thing with God. The door the devil has to offer you is a choice that you make without seeing what's behind it. But the door that God has to offer you is open. You can see what's on the other side and know what's on the other side and choose it. But the devil doesn't show you what's behind the door. He makes you make the choice blind. You say, I want to stay comfortable and but you're really choosing something you don't understand. You're you're looking at a closed door and saying, I'm going to take, and God opens the door and says, you can have this, and you can have it all, and by the way, I've already paid for it. You don't have to do anything. You just simply walk through the door. It's yours. And by the way, you don't have to wait to the end of your life to get it. You can have it now. He gives it to you. He offers it to you. It's a gift. It promises a home in heaven to those who enter. It's an exclusive gate because Jesus is the gate. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. That's why I said the door God has to offer, we walk through now because we go in and out and find pasture. You know, once we have the door, once we go through that door of decision, you know, as we go in and out in our life, you know, God leads us beside still waters. He leads us beside the the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. When you go through that door, Jesus never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He never abandons you. He never disowns you. He never writes you off. He is always there for you. You don't have that unless you go through the door. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. It's an awesome thing. Then lastly, this morning, I'll be done. The last thing he shows us is that there's only two dwellings. There's only two dwellings. You look at the dwellings that are offered in the end of the passage of Scripture after Jesus so uh, uh, powerfully presents the way and he presents the destination, he presents the direction, he presents these things, and then at the end he said, here, let me show you something. There's only two kinds of lives. There's only two kinds of dwellings. See, the house is your life, and you're building your life right now. You're building your life on something. That's the truth. Jesus said, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I liken unto him a wise man who built his house upon a rock. See, there's only two dwellings. There's the wise dwelling, and there's the foolish dwelling. And you're building one of the two. As I build my life, If I do not build my life on the truth that's presented, Jesus said, I'd be foolish. I'd be foolish because I can know the truth and the truth can make me free. And he said, listen, as you see uh, what I'm presenting to you this morning, as Jesus says, as you look at this, you hear, but you don't go out and do what you hear. He said, it's foolishness. the Bible says, if a man hears the word and doesn't do it, he deceives himself. Isn't it foolish to deceive yourself? I mean, sometimes we think we're pretty wise when we dupe other people. But the truth of the matter is, is if we know the truth, but we don't do the truth, the Bible says we deceive us. We dupe ourselves. Now, Some people dupe themselves in believing they're good enough to get to heaven. They dupe themselves into believing that it's religious enough to get there. I can do it. I can do it. I can get there. Even though the Bible says you can't. This is the standard, folks. We've got to match ourselves up. He said there's there's a house on the sand because God loves us and desires for us to come to the destination called heaven. He speaks to us today through his word and he wants us to listen to his words and choose to follow the directions he's given. (laughs) If you came and you asked me for directions, I knew how to get somewhere. And then you chose not to follow my directions. That's on you. You know, sometimes that's what we do, though. You know, people sometimes will come and say, Pastor, what should I do in this situation? And then I try to show them from the Bible, not what my opinion is, but what the Bible says they should do in that situation. And some people decide anyway they're not going to do it. And the Bible says that's foolish. Because the truth of the matter is, is I don't have the answer to the problems in your life today, but Jesus does. He has all the answers. As you heard the song before, he knows your name today. He knows who you are. He knows what your life is all about right now. He knows the direction you're going, the destination you're headed to, the door you've walked through, and the dwelling you're building. He knows all about it. And if you'll just do what he says, you'll get wisdom. I think in this world, we need some more people with wisdom. How about you? I wish we had some more wisdom in the White House. I wish we had some more wisdom. I'm I'm not being... Cruel or disrespectful. I just wish we had some more. And I'm not just talking about the one leader. I'm talking about in, as a whole. I wish we had more wisdom in the White House. I wish, I wish we had more wisdom. I wish we had more wisdom in our community. I, I wish there was more. You know where wisdom comes from? God. You know how we get wisdom? Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and destruction. A fool doesn't listen. He just does what he wants. But isn't that what the Broadway's all about? Doing what I want. A lot of people are doing what they want. They're getting the consequence for that. and they want the bailout. The truth of the matter is, is God offers you a way to have his wisdom. To be like the man that builds his house on a rock. Get this. Same world. Same storm. Same wind. Same rain. A year ago, we didn't have power here at the church. For two weeks, we were without power. We are doing sandy relief. Remember that? A year ago, that's what was going on. You know, storms hit everybody. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, the Bible says. Same storm hit people's houses. But here's the thing. When the storm comes, if your foundation is sure, your house will stand. But when you build your life on sand, it doesn't stand. So the truth is today, there's only two. There's only two, but you've got to determine which way you're going, where you're headed, what door you've chosen, what kind of house you're building. You've got to determine that for you. I can't determine that for you. You've got to look at your own life and say, how about me? What am I building my life on? Father, I pray you help us this morning with head down, eyes closed. Maybe you're not familiar with this, but let me just talk to you. For